Hi, and welcome to episode 19 of season two of the Connect2 podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen. I'm Mark Hughes, and we have a special guest today. We do have a special guest. Paulette hey. DeKelver is joining us for a second time. We've only had two guests, and it's been the same person. <laughs> I guess that means we've only had one guest, but twice. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, Paulette, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Paulette, Paulette Kelper, and uh, I'm thrilled to be back. I had so much fun last time and um, must have done something right because we're doing it again. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, so uh, if you're new to the podcast, rate, review and subscribe, uh, especially through iTunes, because that's where most of you are seeing us through. Um, oh, and remember, you can email us at connect to podcast at gmail.com. Exactly. Uh, and then you'll compete with Google that keeps emailing us all the time. <laughs> So you'll stick out. Exactly. Just don't send us nasty emails about that's the right. coffee we drink. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So today's coffee, we are trying uh, from Foglifter uh, Coffee Roasters in Vancouver, British Columbia. It's a it's from a coffee roastery called Sumatra Tikagon Mandalagan Organic. Actually, that's that's the name of the coffee it's from Foglifter coffee roasters uh, which is uh where where are they out of uh they're out of vancouver oh yes and Did you just uh, say that? the the beans are from indonesia ah nice and mm. uh should taste like medjool dates whiskey and earthy <laughs> i get the whiskey I, but maybe that's just me i totally get the medjool dates i get i eat those all the time <laughs> and i pronounce that right medjool how do you spell it? How do I pronounce it? Anyway. That's how I pronounce it. Okay. Yeah. Very tasty. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's uh, yeah. It's, it's a little bit um, strong. It's yeah. Good. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's your dad joke? So my son Isaac says he doesn't like stairs. How come? Either they're up to something or they're bringing him down. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a dad joke, Paula? <laughs> No dad oh, I would, you know, I would not dare to compete with that. <laughs> why do why do vampires uh, refuse to eat ghosts or to, to attack ghosts? <laughs> I don't know. Because uh, they taste like sheet. Oh my god. Okay. Yep. <laughs> but boom. Especially if it's an Italian vampire. What'd you learn this week? What did I learn this week? Uh, oh man, I just thought of something and I completely forgot. Um, well, I, I was inspired this week. How's that? Inspired uh, sounds good. I, I, we had a gentleman who regrettably, very sadly, passed away. Uh, we didn't know him that well, but he was the father of one of uh, uh, the uh, November Project regulars. And actually, he'd come out a number of times. The man was uh, 96 years old. Oh, wow. And uh, would still, when he could, come out and go up and down the stairs at uh, the Glenora Stairs or... Uh, uh, he'd be on the ground doing some version of a push-up. So I I was very inspired, and um, I will not forget Bill. Uh, I don't even know his last name. We're we're not being formal at November Project, but he was a very nice man and just an inspiration to be uh, that old. Apparently, he was the oldest hash hound. Is it the hash, hash hound, hound harriers? harriers? Yeah. Apparently, someone told me he was the oldest hash hound harrier uh, in the world. Oh, wow. So, yeah, uh, 96 years old and, man, until very recently, just getting out there and doing it. And, um, you know, funny guy, it was his birthday last year and he, he jumped up and said, it's my effing birthday. <laughs> and I mean, it was just awesome. So, an inspirational man. That's excellent. Yeah. 
Well, I learned, uh, so I've, I've had my fancy rocket espresso machine for probably, I don't know, six or seven years. Okay. At least, Did you just learn something new about it? Well, I finally learned the differences between the different, different, uh, different models and how they work. And I, I was trying to troubleshoot specifically why there was a hissing sound coming from. Oh, my, I remember my, you mentioned that. Yes. I figured this out. Okay. But beyond that, I've found, now know all the differences and all the particulars. And I'm now an expert, even though I've had this device for a long time, stuff I never knew before. Oh, wonderful. So, including like parts and what certain things do, how to clean oh, it. So, excellent. Anyway, probably would have been useful to know a long time ago. <laughs> so is it still hissing? No. Oh, good. Good. No, I fixed that. Surprising. Good man. Uh, did I learn anything else this week? Uh, I think that's good enough. We'll do it we're abbreviated. About, we're about one today. to learn about biases. So let's talk about uh, today. We're in honor of uh, it's is it conflict resolution week or day? Conflict resolution day. Okay, which is so conflict resolution day happens the third Thursday in October. Okay, every year, and it happens internationally. Okay. And so there's a committee here in Alberta that meets all year round to prepare for it. Oh, interesting. And it's a day specifically designed to bring attention to different skills that we can use in trying to resolve conflict. Okay. Excellent. Very calm meetings. Nobody gets excited. <laughs> it's just, it's all very smooth. <laughs> mm, not always. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, People leave their skills at the door. And Paulette, uh, you are... Um, a facilitator you have your own business that is called so um my background is in law yeah and so i'm still a practicing lawyer okay and um so i do law through a law firm called seven Yay scott and i'm also a trained mediator and facilitator and that business that i run separately is called DeKelver dispute resolution lots of pretty mountain pictures on my website <laughs> because everybody has a fight on a mountain exactly <laughs> very hard to fight when you're climbing up a mountain you're really focused yeah. on something else 70 scott not a sponsor <laughs> <laughs> exactly we often identify who is not a sponsor that's right i see which is everybody. well so then let's be fair to cover dispute resolution also not a sponsor. That, well, they kind of sponsored in kind by providing a guest speaker. That's right. Oh, I suppose. Content. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Invalu invaluable. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So what are you here to tell us about <laughs> in terms of conflict resolution? Get to the point. Yeah. Don't speed around the book. Well, I'm afraid you're going to run out of power in your computer there. Well, it could a be. A truncated episode right in the middle of an important point. Boom. <laughs> gone and that would be a perfect example of the kind of stuff that we deal with in conflict resolution there you go there you because go. it's all about getting together to have a conversation and you deal with things as they come up Excellent. i try to the easiest way i can put it for folks is instead of turning away from those uncomfortable thoughts uh -huh. it's what can we do to try to develop some skills whatever that looks like to turn back into that conversation Right. And that can involve all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, so what Conflict Resolution Day looks at doing is every year picking a different skill to highlight or bring some attention to for discussion for that particular day. Ah, okay. okay. Right. And so sure. um, this year, the topic that we're focusing on is bias. 
bias. Oh. And so the all of the events for the day are have the moniker or the label "Mind Your Bias." Mind your bias, right? And, and okay. so this is something a lot of people have actually heard about or are thinking about. There's been quite a bit in the news lately about cognitive bias. Mm -hmm. um, and so you know, as we get into the topic here today, um, that's what I'm hoping that we can talk about a little bit mm -hmm. is those shortcuts that we use in our brain sure. to get from point A to point B. Mostly because right? our brain is lazy. Well, lazy, sure. And um, we're all overwhelmed, right? right. And it's um, really, it's um, a, uh, like an evolutionary adaptation. That's right. We learn shortcuts. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I, there is <laughs> On a- On the plane, your ancestor who thought, hey, what's that sound in the bush? Did not make it. <laughs> the one who went, that's got to be something scary and just got the heck out of there. Yeah. Boom. Right? Well, there's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a YouTuber. Um, his name is Derek. I'm not sure what his last name is, but he's on Veritasium. And he did this comparison of basically your brain works two ways. There's kind of like the thoughtful going through things in a, a oh, procedural yes. way. And then, right. and then the one that basically jumps to the answer instantly right. yeah yeah parallel and processes basically yeah, so if you can your brain will almost always default to the easy one rather than going through the the actual evaluation which sure. makes a ton of sense in our current political climate where everybody is looking for quick simple answers this is quick, true quick solutions and not actually thinking about the complexity but of the, some uh, of the issues involved so absolutely yes, kudos to the critical thinker exactly uh, because we have evolved the ability to short not short circuit that but acknowledge that emotional part which would keep you safe if something was in the bushes or you see a garden hose on the ground you go oh my god it's a snake and then you know but we can adjust then to go wait a second hold it i live in edmonton it's in the winter it's probably not a snake no well and that, that's exactly it is <laughs> right. to then sort of mark like what you said to recognize that our brain can operate in those two ways yeah and the more knowledge that we have, or like to your point, Jeff, it, well, I'm in Edmonton. It's the winter time. It's 30 below. This is probably not a king cold. Well, it's, right? it's, it's, to be not, able even, to it's not even sort of that super primitive thing. Like uh, you'll see it with people doing questions about like simple math questions. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And you'll say, you know, if you, uh, uh, they, they, they'll do this thing, you know, uh, where you say if you have 10 and you add 10 times 10 how many how much is it, 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 it it's kind of like these these simple math questions that are mm -hmm. designed to tr trick you mm -hmm. and because you go for the easy answer instead of actually thinking about the the math and and, mm -hmm. and doing it properly so it's not even it's not exclusively although certainly a part of it is kind of that mm -hmm. primitive mm -hmm. brain reaction it's also just you, you go for routine mm -hmm. right, rather sure. than for thought. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's, a, it's a easier for your brain, fewer brain cycles right. to do that. So. so when I said like we're all overwhelmed, yeah, that, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like the, the brain wants to do things as efficiently as possible, right? right? So to simplify those processes. And, you know, if you're an academic type and you want to put a word to it, heuristics, Okay. They are like mental shortcuts that we use. Okay. And then, you know, sometimes it makes a lot of sense, right? Like if you right. drive when we were all driving to work every day, 
Um, you drive the same route, you get right. there. You sure. don't have to think about, geez, how am I going to get from home to the office, pull out the map and look it up. Yep. You've done it a hundred times. Your brain just knows. Well, we also do that in our thought processes. And there's a whole bunch of different shortcuts that we can take. And they've, what Jeff said, you've got a book of 99 different cognitive biases. <laughs> That's right. I honestly can commit to memory about four, but like there are literally hundreds. There are hundreds yeah. and some I, of them are more of more significant biases than yeah. others for sure. But. I got it from the nerd of the week club. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make so, a cognitive bias? Just the name of that? Yeah, that's right. Perhaps. Well, yeah. I'm kind of wondering if at some point in this, it comes out that I'm actually married to you. Yes. So right. I'm married to the nerd of the week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I found it at a bookstore and I was like, this is fascinating. So it's a good book. Cause I've been, yeah, I've been teaching uh, biases as part of both management and, and organizational behavior. And yeah, you know, Typically, there's like maybe a dozen that come up in, in your standard textbook. So when I saw a book that said there was 99, I think it actually says it's 99 of the most common. I'm like, yeah. holy smokes, I got to get this. So yeah, the brain is not to be trusted, turns out. Well, I, mean, I look at it a little bit differently than that. Sure. It's not so much that it's not to be trusted because the brain is just doing what the brain does. Right. Right. Just trying to simplify things to help us get through the day one yep. foot in front of the other. So but the power of this is when we can be aware sure. that our brain is starting to do those things, then we can kind of take a pause right. and maybe pull back and examine where is that coming from, right? right. We had a really great example of this over Thanksgiving. Okay. In our house, we tend to buy whole wheat bread. Okay. And trying to be healthy, trying to have a conversation about how to make better choices, teaching the children these skills, yep. right? So we were visiting um, my side of the family and Isaac went to the grocery store with his grandma and came back with white bread. Okay. And I just thought, oh, isn't that interesting? And Isaac explained to me, grandma told me, do you know how much sugar is in white bread or in uh, brown bread? So we just buy white bread because it's got less sugar. And I thought, okay, wow, what? that's, I, I'm not, I don't know what I think about that. I have an immediate reaction to that. Does it and, sound like, what? <laughs> well, right, what can you tell even by the way I delivered the story? There's a tone to my voice, like I'm, I'm implicitly denying everything she had to this say. This is true. I'll, did we check the label? I didn't. No. No, I didn't actually do any fact checking. Yeah, we need to follow through on that. Because who knows? There's a 9% probability that it's true. <laughs> well, right? So, but that's, that's the, the brain doing that shortcut. Exactly. I'm assuming that white bread, or pardon me, the brown bread is healthier. Right. And she is making the assumption that it's not. Yeah. Well, and, who and who knows? The truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. And it's that process um, that we can then apply when we get into conversation. Yeah, so, absolutely. So according to the internet. Yeah, the arbiter of all things. Arbiter of all things. Um, basically, um, whole wheat bread has more fiber in it. Okay. So Well, that's uh, not unexpected. So, the whole point. so it actually means that you're um, um, a slice of whole, whole wheat bread that is higher in fiber and has coarser grains raises blood sugar levels to a lesser extent than a ah. slice of 
white bread. Right. So, so I think, and I actually think you'll find that the amount of sugar is probably the same. Right. But that you don't get the same. Uh, I think it's I think it's glycogen is the okay. the the thing right. for the blood yeah. sugar insulin levels. So there you go. So I love. So your instincts were right. <laughs> well, in this case, maybe. But it's the point right. of being able to pull back and ask the question. Yep. Right. Like if you if you don't ever stop and ask the question, you don't pull out your phone and do the fact check. Well, right. Think, and, think, and that's where the bias piece comes from. Right. I think the uh the example that I was thinking of when you were talking is um is you will have a way that you drive to work. Yeah. Right? Oh, sure. Right. That you basically this is the way you like to drive yeah. and you go that way. And have you ever plugged it into your gps and it tells you a totally different route mm. and you're going like that can't be faster than my route <laughs> right <laughs> and um but well and, and sometimes it is sometimes it isn't i think right. it depends on lights but but the reality is that uh it's doing a bit more of an evaluation of like is there a collision there which you wouldn't know right is sure there, uh, is there construction all of that kind of information is yeah. actually in the gps which is not in your brain yeah. And so then do you Good pull point. back Good and having point. received that information from the GPS and kind of looked askance and then think to yourself all the ways that your way is actually better, right? Like you say, there's fewer traffic lights or there's a better view. Um, I don't know. Maybe you're going downhill. So you're using less gas. Like who knows? But when you go through that process of evaluating contrary information and think about all the ways that your way is better well that's an example of confirmation bias well and, and, I, and, and i think the other yes. thing is uh you know i say this to our family all the time is that the everybody thinks they're rational so the craziest person on the planet thinks they're rational right right um you cannot convince them that they're not being rational at all times so uh, it, it it doesn't so rational is kind of a relative thing because it has this this air of being something so definitive and yeah. so well thought out. But the reality is everybody thinks they're rational. Huh, interesting. And then, well, I, I and would say though, to Paulette's point, the more you the more you learn, like you know, like the more I study or learn about like quantum mechanics and, and then brain processes. The less certain I am of a lot of things, I, I, I'm certainly a bigger uh, crack in the old certainty, which was like, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure this is right, but I could be wrong. Yeah, and I if think only, if only we could have that perpetual confidence of a 15 year old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'm challenged by by, well, by no, information think, and data. No, I think that is part of the problem. I think we have a lot of adults. <laughs> particularly like you said in the political realm oh my god who who do walk around with the yeah. confidence of a 15 year old well they'll sit here right because i'm saying there's so much complexity in so many things that you know you got to have a pretty big set to be like i'm absolutely convinced that this is right when we know more and more that we don't you know like our perceptions are so like filtered right oh yeah like you don't hear all the sounds you don't perceive all the sounds that your ears are picking up because if you did, you'd be like lying in a ball on the ground going like, make it stop, right? Exactly. Uh, we don't perceive vibrations that we pick up. You know, it's like the old, in a room full of screaming children, you know, 
the ability when your child screams to pick that out of the room, whereas the rest of the time the din just drops. Um, so well, when, you, when you start looking at that, you go, okay, so maybe I don't really remember exactly what so-and-so said. Well, and there's people you know? that can't do that. Yeah, they yeah. can't actually pick out their individual. They can't do that. So they hear everything all at once, and which is actually right. a common problem with hearing aids. Right. Because hearing aids amplify everything. Oh. And so, so that's why I train your brain almost. Well, and a lot of times uh, if you have hearing aids, you'll actually, if you go to a restaurant where they'll position themselves against a wall. Right. Or try and get into a quiet spot so that they can actually hear you instead of hearing everybody else as well. So, so you have somebody speaking directly to oh, you at a table and yeah, they yeah. are actually hearing the person behind you. Behind yeah. You. See, oh, I did sure. not know that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they, I think they've gotten... Well, they've definitely gotten significantly better, better but they yeah. still yeah. create huge, huge um, mental processing sure. issues. So can you take that example of hearing aids and then, and combine that with what you were saying, Jeff, about receiving all of the information mm -hmm. and when we then turn it around and look at thoughts, we can start to examine how we're receiving information in the form of thoughts. Right. And what kind of shortcuts we might be taking, like the person who sits with the hearing aid, who sits with their back to the wall, is one way of kind of shortcutting out some of that information from behind them. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So our brain tends to learn to do that with a whole bunch of these thought processes. Yes. Another example of that is um, something called the anchoring bias. Ah, here we go. Right? Yeah, so have, have you ever thought about, or have you ever had the experience of um, maybe you buy a new car or a new truck? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And suddenly everybody on the road is driving a truck or driving your truck. Right. Right? We had that experience when we bought a new Toyota Paseo in the early 90s. Suddenly there was hundreds of these things on the road. Well, what happens is because you're thinking about it more, it's raised in your awareness. And so now you're seeing it. Mm -hmm. the actual statistically speaking, objectively, the evidence probably hasn't changed. Like from, you know, Tuesday to Wednesday, there's probably not 50 percent more trucks on the road. Right. But because or trade of sales, sure. because I'm thinking about it. I'm now seeing more of them. I'm receiving more of that information. Right. Well, I know from a marketing perspective, uh, particularly car manufacturers, they actually are not necessarily advertising for um, people. To, I mean, they are, but they're, a lot of their focus is to reinforce the yeah. purchases of the people that have already purchased their, oh, interesting. their vehicles. To, to reduce so to dissonance. See, yeah, yeah, to say basically, no, you made the right decision. Oh, right? interesting. Like, and and then, so that's why people who yeah. drive GMs continue to drive GMs right. and won't switch to Fords or Fords for sure. trucks won't switch to GMs or Dodge Rams or whatever. Yeah. So there's another form of bias called choice support bias. Oh, there you go. Right. Ah, so when yes. we're sitting here now, having made a decision, um, I think about it like when you're looking to buy a house. Okay. Right. right. And you had narrowed it down to two potential homes that you wanted to buy, and you chose house A over house B. As you're reflecting, you'll typically tend to find a bunch more reasons why house A was the better choice. And you know, after all, choice B is probably not that great after all, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like where it was, or I didn't like the landscaping, or whatever. Now, at the time, you were trying to make the decision, you were comparing both. Right. But as you come away from the decision, we look for reasons or tend to look for reasons to reinforce 
the choice that we actually make. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Because cognitive bias, we actually represent it as a tension. And it's actually a palpable tension. So you're trying to reduce that feeling of tension, mm. right? Because you're like, ah, I think I made the wrong choice. And that's uncomfortable. So your mind actually, yeah, like you say, it kind of uh, heightens the, the supporting evidence. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of then find more fault for the choice that you didn't make. Um, the other aspect of anchoring bias, which is interesting, is that we tend to, if we're presented with a, an initial piece of information, it tends to really stick on our mind. So mm. marketing companies will do this. If you go to a car dealership, they might have a big banner that says like, you know, 80,000 customers served. And then your Porsche is $80,000. And you're like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. That number stick. That's also why they say, don't, you know, don't, don't give people estimates. Because if, if a client says, well, how much is it going to cost? And you go, I don't know, like, five to eight thousand their numbers like think five and, then it's like, and yours is eight yeah exactly right yeah. so you got to have that expectation of uh the first number that people i guess like or resonates um that's what sort of then becomes the it's almost like a thermostat fixed point then you got to get them off that insane. well they don't even have to necessarily like it no it just has to be the number that was yep. presented another exactly. common place that you see anchoring bias is um in salary negotiations yes Right. If you, right. or any kind of negotiation with your car or anything, whatever that first number that gets thrown out yep. tends to be the number that becomes the basis that everything is compared to. Yep. Regardless of whether that number was rational or well founded or otherwise. Exactly. It's just the fact that it's out there. And so when we become aware that that's happening, that becomes more information that we can then use. For sure. Um, and when I say use, I mean, we use it to our own um, illumination. Right. Like when we know that that's happening, it, we can then become aware of that and, and use it in our interactions with other people. That's right. <laughs> Excuse me. You both sort of referenced politics a couple of times. <laughs> right. And Which and, we, we try not to do too often on oh the yeah, show. And, but, and I'm not about to yeah. go down the rabbit hole no, one no, way no, or no. the other. Definite, definite yeah. Danielle Steele rabbit hole there. Danielle Steele. <laughs> yeah. I love her stuff. <laughs> Danielle Steele. Steel, I'm yeah. not going to ask her. Yeah. 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 Right? Danielle Smith. Yeah. She's no, oh more God. qualified. Anyways. The, 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 the thing that I've observed <laughs> or that I've been in a lot of conversations around, because right. we talk a lot about social media as yeah. well. And we've spent so much time isolated and we're, you know, coming, moving through that now. Mm. But when you're in a place where something like a Facebook feed, right? Right. The more choices that you make on a particular topic or a side of a topic, the AI algorithm then tends to feed more of that to you. Right. Yeah. So, and I don't oh, think absolutely. I'm saying anything controversial. No, no, no. Right. So that totally lines up with what you're brain is already doing this is why sure it's why tiktok works the way it does yeah. like tiktok right. is insane because uh basically you can choose to subscribe people and, yeah. to, and it'll you can look at that list but the default list is what they call a for you page right where it's selecting based on how long you've been looking at particular types of things and they, and then once you get into that you're hooked right oh yeah because uh, it just Eventually, basically it'll feeds. just be reading your eye positioning as well right and be like be able to discern what parts of the image you're looking at and then it'll be like oh I've, you like the color purple boom well so i've had this conversation with quite a few people around you know, how like how do they even think that 
Like it just seems so bizarre. And, you know, I go through that too. Um, and, you know, I think to myself, gosh, I, whatever's going on in the world today is really great because my, my Facebook feed is totally feeding back to me all the stuff that I like. And I tend to, you know, choose inherently positive things, what I'm trying to do. And then, you know, I'll spend, I'll intentionally spend time with somebody who is choosing fundamentally different information. Right. To have fed back to them. And it can, I have found my experience is it can be really jarring. Like, it, well, like I have an emotional well, one reaction. Of, one of the things, especially like, um, so part of the thing with the, um, the American, uh, election stolen thing, yeah. they would go, a lot of these people would be, first of all, all their social media, all the mainstream media, everything that they would be consuming. Yeah was all saying the same thing right and incredibly positive to uh, usually they like especially we saw this with the republican side that basically it was like this echo chamber yeah. they, oh, of course. they exactly. could not conceive of the possibility that they were not the majority yeah because everything that they were hearing was overwhelmingly yeah. in support of their position right. their, <clears throat> their candidates or whatever and uh and and that's that's a big problem with the siloing in social yeah. media. Yeah. So it uh, it seems too that sometimes the crazier the story is, the more people actually buy into it. Like because some of that stuff is wild. Oh yeah, or at least it's wild to us, right? And, and this they're eating babies, uh, like you this know, they're cognitive with the devil, and you're just like the, the earth is flat. This cognitive dissonance where basically. Uh, you know, you tell people, said, you know, your stats are wrong. Here are the actual stats from CDC or, or some yeah, yeah. government agency that doesn't really have a specific agenda. Right. And they'll just say, oh, I, I don't believe that. That's not what I've heard. Right. right? Or, then, or the agency is part of the big conspiracy. But they're okay to believe that uh, the Democrats are grooming pedophiles in the basement of a pizzeria that doesn't have a basement that's right uh it's a secret basement. like it's a secret like <laughs> like there was a guy who got arrested oh, for yeah, showing absolutely. up to that pizzeria yeah. to try and shoot whoever the pedophiles were even though the pizzeria had no basement well, so, the guy got shot in cincinnati right when after the mar-a-lago raid trump said it was all he went to the FBI office to, oh, right. you know, yeah, clean, yeah. clean house. And they're like, shoot this guy, would you? Yeah. I'm sure that's not what they said. But someone comes at the FBI with a gun. This is not a good place to be waving no. a gun around. So this, I, I, I'm loving this conversation. But we're um, a little off topic. No, perhaps. but you're not actually. No, you're actually <laughs> it not. It would be a first. <laughs> no, it, like, what? Yeah, we like, never listening to the two of you. Um, to, to me, beautifully illustrates exactly how these biases work right now, because it happens to be, obviously Jeff and I are married, there's a lot of things that we think the same way on. Right. Right. And, you know, Mark, you and I know each other. We go back a long ways. There's a lot of things that we think very similarly on. Mm. And so our brains are constantly looking for those shortcuts, those heuristics. Yes. Right? Yep. To relieve that tension, because right. fundamentally we like to feel good oh, as humans. Yeah. So that idea that let me finish that idea that I might I might be wrong, like I might be thinking there might be another way of thinking about this. Just the thought of that can create that dissonance, right. that discomfort inside of us, 
And so when we get into conversations with people that think about things really different than us, and we're talking politics and some of those examples, and, you know, there's a, that's very rich territory. Yeah. It doesn't always have to even be that controversial. Right? Think about a workplace situation where there's been, um, you know, some kind of attention has started. Who knows what it might be about? And what you're ultimately hearing is, well, you know, that, that person doesn't say good morning to me. So if they're not going to say good morning to me, I'm not going to say good morning to them. Like they can go first is, is really sort of a micro example of something that you guys are, are talking about. Sure. And it, to get into a conversation around, well, who said good morning first kind of can be a little trite and a little formulaic. And what we can do when we start with these cognitive biases is you can kind of pull back out of that. Mm. And rather than be talking about the minutia of who said good morning first, and you got to say good morning by nine o'clock or nine o two, and start to look at how our thoughts are shaping our behaviors and our choices, it changes the conversation. Right. Well, well I, I, uh, I, I met with a psychiatrist, uh, you know, some years ago when we were doing some family therapy or whatever. And uh, in a moment, an aside moment, we were talking, I can't remember what we were talking about. And he made this comment and uh, it absolutely stuck with me as that rigidity is the opposite of mental health. Ooh, this, right? is, this right? is very true. So, um, so, uh, so if you, if you're healthy, if you've got healthy mental health, um, you will not have, you'll be, uh, uh, pliable. You'll be able to adapt. You'll be able sure. to, to, but rigidity is a sign is the opposite of mental health. I mean, it's such a short, simple sentence, but it means so much particularly when dealing with mental health. absolutely and, uh, <laughs> i just thought of your how would the average manager re respond maybe not the average but how would the certain manager respond to your scenario and i could just see it attention all employees from now on morning salutations will be prohibited problem solved yeah exactly. <laughs> nobody's saying good morning to anybody all right so you're not allowed to say good morning so you can't complain and so and so is not saying it first <laughs> Well, but that's what we tend to do. I know. Right? We tend to, to try to problem solve. Um, and, and that's why this topic is, I think, so such a great choice when we're talking about conflict resolution. Well, and sure. the idea of mind your bias, even right. just in the title of it, is this invitation to pause and reflect. Wow. Okay. What is my bias? What am I bringing to this? Well, I remember something that uh, I always uh, hearken back to as something that uh, that that meant a lot to me because you know as I get older, your circle of friends tends to shrink because people move away or whatever and um, die or die occasionally, <laughs> occasionally die. Yeah. Um, but um, when I was working and I would have you know quite a number of young people. Uh, in my employee, I remember right. at one point in time we did something with, we needed some music on hold. And I always thought that this canned crazy music oh. was, was a bad thing. Now, now to be fair, there's copyright restrictions and blah, 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 blah. 
but at the time we did it anyway. So we uh, <laughs> we downloaded uh, a bunch of music. So we at, and we were going to do this as a, as a recurring kind of thing on our on our um, on hold music. And uh, so what I did is I asked everybody for their um, some suggestions, two or three. It's got to somehow tie in a little bit to. Uh, the type of work we do and something that you like. And um, the response was super interesting. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, everybody had very different stuff. I mean, there were some people that, I mean, sometimes engineers are a little too literal and they would get, it was just a little too literal. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but um, like yeah, if you had an accident reconstruction, they'd do some song like, you know, maybe Crash Into You by Dave Matthews or something. Yeah. Like something it would be like something literal. Right. And, and sometimes it was, Yeah, exactly. Honestly, and, and, there's and, only and, one choice for whole music. It's got to be Toto, Hold the Line. <laughs> exactly. Speaking line. of literal. <laughs> so Mark Hughes isn't always here on time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so... Actually, that would have been a good choice. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd wait good. 20 minutes and uh, just well, amuse these guys with brilliant. The catch is, is that was the comment we got from our clients. They said, hey, you just fucked me off of like a David Bowie song or something. <laughs> it was too like, good. It, 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 yeah. They were enjoying really sitting there on hold. So that yeah. is that the reason they put crappy music? I don't know. You know, there's one that drives me absolutely up the wall. Um and a couple of companies do it. Like, I don't mind the hold music, but there's there's one. It might be a bank or something. And it's just the same 30-second oh, yeah. clip over and over and over again. It's not even songs. It's just this techno music. And it's the same 30. Maybe it's maybe it's even shorter than 30 seconds. Oh, so, it's like so, 20 seconds of the same. And just constantly. And I'm so, like, so, yeah. So, we had this older system where we actually plugged in an MP3 player and who was, cool. was doing that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when we upgraded to this new thing, it was all built in and we couldn't add any music. And you could only choose from this incredibly small selection of uh, royalty free music. Mm. And uh, it was limited to just 30 seconds. Now, I think the expectation is that people are not going to be on hold for that more was, than 30 that seconds. That was going to be my question right. for you. But, sort of uh, but if you've ever contacted, uh, you know, CRA or any, like, and tri yeah. any government agency Air and miles. you've been on hold for like an hour <laughs> or four and not uh, a sponsor. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Speaking on a hold, did you get your passport? Oh, yes. Passports came in the mail. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, a reasonably painless process by the end of it all. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, They've done a lot with expectation management. That's right. What other biases can we talk about? other biases can we talk just a rabbit, a little, little yeah. rabbit dip. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, though, as I was listening to you talk about the two different experiences with music, one that is responsive to the customer or you hope to be yes. responsive to the customer. Absolutely. And then the other that I think if I was reading you, Jeff, is non-responsive to the customer. Um, I'm thinking to myself, geez, I wonder who was responsible for music. And I wonder, I wonder what their thought process was in that. Is it that they're, we hope to not have people on hold for more than 30 seconds, so it's not an issue? Or is it, honestly, 
we're so far gone from that that we just don't care. We've got yeah. the problems to solve. Right? I think it's we don't want to be dealing with this. The yeah. more people that get off the line, the better off we're going to be. It, but that's again right. the thought process behind yeah. it, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I think it, it it was it was pretty clear for ours. It, it was we need some music on hold. There yeah. is a placeholder for it, and yeah. uh, with very little thought or consideration to what's actually in that except for the fact that it has to be royalty free so right. uh, yeah. which is uh like or copyright free right you know what would be cool instead of music if it was like morgan freeman reading poetry that'd be awesome <laughs> or mary oliver or, poetry, or right? whoever yeah. like somebody will, or like Sam, a really great or voice. samuel jackson yeah that's right reading what was it uh go to sleep you know the <laughs> have you ever heard the one go to no go to the after sleep oh yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes by yeah, Samuel yeah. Jackson yeah there you go. Um, or, or Gilbert Godfrey <laughs> my raven by <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe <laughs> click man that was pretty effective getting people off the line would you would you like to hear about some different uh, yes, I think yes. we best Biases? I think we best yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, so there's a couple of classics Outcome Bias okay. Is, okay. is a good one right I happen to be in Vegas and I happen to do very well. So therefore, uh, becoming a professional gambler is a solid career choice. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right? That uh, the outcome reinforces right. yes. the, the decision. Well, this is another thing in our minds, wait, is uh, uh, overestimating our own success yeah. as being due to our brilliance and <laughs> underestimating our failures as being due to external um, factors, right? So if you if you do something well, you're like I'm a genius, and if something goes terribly wrong, it's like ah, oh, couldn't have been helped. Those vendors are terrible. I think the focus are. effect. Yeah, right. We tend to focus on one aspect of right. something yeah. more than something. Yeah, else, it's also right? called it's also called fundamental attribution error. Yeah, where you attribute things to, and we also look for patterns where there's no patterns. You know, so that's we also do that with people. Yes. Right? There is a body of research um, that demonstrates we tend to attribute yes. success um, or successful outcomes to a series of characteristics that um, we tend to prefer. Right? Good-looking people, mm -hmm. tall people, people right. that are um, visually more like us. Sure. We tend to attribute the success in the situation to that individual. That's right. It doesn't matter so, if all of the other factors in the situation were the same. I, yeah. Right? Attribution theory. I that's think right. that's There's the a point. halo effect as well where you, on the basis of one desirable characteristic, you, you that's why we, we have, you know, celebrities endorsing stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what Brad Pitt knows about, you know, espresso machines, but there he is. It's George Clooney. No, but he does the, the longy oh, okay. is Brad Pitt. Well, you're thinking of the uh, Nespresso. Nespresso. Yeah. yeah, with Salma Hayek. Yeah. The other bias. Now, just on, on that, the inverse of the halo effect is stereotyping. Yes. Right. Right? Where we sometimes want to attribute positives yes. by having somebody um, like a celebrity. Sure. And, you know, so the, the glow of their good luck will come, um, you know, be attributed to our product. You know, there's the reverse of that, which is the stereotype. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so um, being aware of that tendency yep. then can inform us about, you know, what choices we might be, be making that we're not even necessarily aware of. And I can tell you, I find that as, a, uh, as an instructor. Mm. When I first started teaching, 
um, and I would read a class list of names. Yeah, yeah. I was not, and I'm I'm actually really embarrassed to admit. Nobody here be- but us. When I became <laughs> when I became aware of my own expectations when right. I would read a name that was very familiar to me that I would describe as European or Caucasian. Sure. Compared to um, something that would come from a different part of the world that I was not as familiar with. Right. Well, we, we've talked about that, especially. Uh, Which I've worked super hard to overcome to all of my current students. <laughs> yes. I'm aware of that bias. That's right. <laughs> but like uh, my wife gives me grief sometimes when there is some uh, some um, name or uh, and it could be a name of a place or a name of a person oh, yes. or wherever yeah. that I'm just not familiar with. And I mangle it because I. I have a tendency to mangle long words. And I, I think, so she thinks that it is a bit of a prejudice. And I, I'm not sure it's entirely true because I think there's certain words that you're just uh, familiar with. Mm. I mean, I'm not I'm not francophone, but if I see Deslaurier spelled out, I will know it's Delorier, right? Right. Like I know that because yeah, right. I know that that's what that's supposed to sound like. Sure. And uh, and even some Irish names, like if you see Shihob Bahan, you know it's Siobhan, right? Right. It's not Shihoban. Right. Like you, it's not. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not uh, pronounced the way it's spelled. Right. And, and there would be so many of those uh, mm-hmm. examples. And um, yeah, I, but I think I still, the, I still mangle. The, so, the bias that was going one step further yeah. is recognizing. Okay, so um, Siobhan. The the Irish name. When I see that, what am I assuming about that person? Oh, right. Right? I I had um, an invitation to do an interview and um, with two people, Allie and Shannon. And then when they both showed up and one was male and one was, uh, pardon me, one was female and one was male, I was surprised. Which one was which? uh, Well, Allie was the woman and Shannon was the man. And then oh, I yeah, yeah, realized, yeah. wow, I had a whole construct in my mind, not only of the gender, but what to expect from the conversation, sure. assuming that it was two women. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, well, we, 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 uh, yeah. And so that would be an example of my own bias. Well, tw- that I was 20 years to ago, 12, 30 years ago, um, uh, we met this guy and we had talked to him on the phone. Okay. Right. And he had this thick jamaican accent (laughs) thick thick like just like a beautiful voice sounded like barry white yeah absolutely right and and uh and then we we met him and we're going like this this doesn't make any sense because this tall asian guy with a big Jamaican accent. With a big, it's like he was born in Jamaica. His parents yeah. were Asian, but he, he you know, he, there was sure. no. He just picked it up. Yeah. Well, no, this is what he was born into. Well, so I mean, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the whole thing was, thing was was that. That's yeah. And uh, but you know, so you're you're thinking, okay, well, Jamaican, it's a black country or mostly black, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you hear this big booming voice. You think like a big Jamaican guy. I mean, he was tall, but he was quite slender and uh yeah. and very asian looking and i'm sure that's his heritage uh, sure. but uh but did not sound like he like he looked <laughs> so it was a little yeah jarring i guess i uh still a great i've place. had clients <laughs> tell me 
you know, oh, well, any funny name on a resume, we just throw that right in the garbage. And it's always like, oh, boy, that's yeah. not a good practice. Uh, Can't do that. So I know that in putting, putting my legal training. Oh, no, it's like, whoa, 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 you can't do that. Do that. So I know that <laughs> a lot of a lot of the automated HR um, companies oh. now, right, will scrub those names. Yeah. And it's, you know, so the because the AI doesn't care. Nothing looks funny to an AI. And it's really just trying to find keywords. And and so that that that's those kind of practices where it's like, and, and I think that's the thing about bias is once you're aware of it, yeah. you can actually systematize or kind of go out of your way yeah. to say, okay, I'm going to, or systematically, we're going to take the names off, blank that out, evaluate people on just their, their skill set, and then decide afterwards, right? Because yeah. it's that idea of the first impression. Because um, if you love the resume, you'll probably be less likely to just be like put off by the name. Yeah. It might still be a little bit. Well, we had we had the if you're that kind of person, we had yeah. the opposite thing just recently. So we were um, that's still recording. Yeah, yeah, it is okay. Still recording. <laughs> that's what I was looking. At. It's all good. I'm leaving that up to y'all. Yeah, my job is something. The uh, but we uh, so we needed to um, or our principal for uh, this private school board that I'm on um, was hiring uh, somebody as an interim a vice principal mm. and. Um, so she shared that with our board and our board initially was like, this guy has no qualifications, none of this, like there's no way he should be hired. Mm. And, um, and I said, like, just hold the phone. I'm sure our principal has a very good reason why she has yeah. uh, interviewed this individual and thinks he's a good candidate. And I'm also pretty sure that this is a referral, a reference from somebody that's one of her colleagues mm. who's also a principal. Oh, okay. Right? And uh, so we want to find out why that happened. Mm -hmm. So what we discovered is <laughs> during the interview is that this guy is eminently qualified, unbelievable qualifications that are great. What he didn't do is spend any time on his resume. Right. So his resume was severely lacking because he has never had to get a job based on his resume. Right. He has almost always been referred and yeah. gotten oh, recommendations okay. sure. from his previous employer. So right. he spent no time on it. Yeah. And it, and it, I mean, it looked like he was a PE, uh, a PE teacher who had, um, not that there's anything wrong with being a PE teacher. No, no. It, but, but this was for a special ed yeah. kind of school. There was a disconnect. Right. And PE is kind of low on the list of priorities for the school. Right. Uh, although they do need a PE teacher, they don't need, uh, much. As yeah, far sure. As that is concerned. And um, get up, everybody, that, sit down. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll see you. I'm in my office. And he and he was like, I think he did, he was into football and a bunch mm -hmm. of other things, which are just like sports that would not fit in with this cohort of students. And yeah. that was so not who he was. Interesting. And uh, so it was it was fascinating because. And after we sat in on the second interview, it was really obvious why he was. Yeah. recommended and he was compelling and he was affable and he had all kinds of experience uh, experience with special education and special need children's it was his jam and nice. uh, but it was not on his resume <laughs> well and that that process of hitting pause and asking well hold on there seems to be a disconnect yeah that is really what's at the core 
of this process of understanding bias. Yeah, right. Is to just be able to say the evidence that is being presented to me does not seem to match or there's some kind of a discord. And to just be able to be aware that that can be happening and try to create some space. Mm -hmm. That's really what's at the core of this whole idea around minding your bias and how that can play into conflict. Right. Right. Because take, for example, a neighbor, right? If you've got a neighbor dispute over a fence and all of the things that you're telling yourself, this person is inconsiderate. They're rude. They don't care. They're arrogant. They're self-involved. And if you can kind of be able to be aware of what kinds of things might be influencing the way I'm thinking. Mm. And good fences then, make good neighbors. Well, maybe that's your thought process, right? Or oh, maybe it definitely maybe right? that swastika flag on there. It doesn't pole necessarily mean you yeah. want you you don't want to engage but having a good fence often means that if there is any difficulties there is some we we I mean, we had a neighbor who would yeah. hop over the fence uninvited wow, really yeah. it's just like hop, that into, was, the, hop know, into the pool hey oh, it, your pool? he had yeah. clearly some mental health issues yeah. that, were, that's that, a great that we didn't we were not yeah. prepared for and right? uh, just you, a familiarity you know, that you know who hates that poem <laughs> Robert, Robert Frost's neighbor. <laughs> hey, what are you trying to say, Robert? <laughs> because he wrote the poem that has that line about good fences make good neighbors. Robert oh. Frost. So if you were his neighbor, okay. when so I you read the poem, you'd be like, is he trying to tell me something? <laughs> so the two Robert Frost poems that I know are uh, Nature's First Green is Gold. Oh, yes. And Two Woods, uh, Two Roads diverged in a wood right i don't know the robert frost reference ah, there you uh, go. i don't know any robert frost reference. Mm, that's why i right specified but yes that i always think of david frost and he would have said, yeah. said that it was the other neighbor but you jim it's that guy <laughs> well so, so that was the poem about that guy it's so the interesting thing when we were first building our fence uh we needed to replace this this crickety old rotten white picket fence yeah uh-huh. so with the neighbor that was coming uninvited into our backyard it went up six feet now we had a neighbor next door <laughs> i was wondering if it was going to be a foot taller than the last fence no but it was there. definitely at the legal limit yeah. and then uh but our other neighbor who is this she was in her 90s and she was lovely and she was short so five feet on that side nice <laughs> Let him figure it out. Right. Now, that raises a really great point. Yes, there are cognitive biases. There are shortcuts. There is all of this stuff that we've been talking about. And there are also our objective experiences that we've actually had. Oh, sure. Because lots of people ask me that. Oh, you're just trying to be Pollyanna about all this stuff. And, you know, there's, you know, everything is just about conflict resolution. I mean, can that solve a lot of problems? I would venture to guess about 90%. Look, I'm also still a litigator. I also right. still live with both feet in this world. There are objective truths. There are experiences that you've had, like the person jumping over the fence. And it sounds like you learned something about that situation, that there was actually something going on. Oh, right. Absolutely. So know that. What I'm trying to say when we're talking about bias is to open up the possibility that there might be something else. Sure. Right? Like, especially when we're talking about politics, is there something else that's maybe going on 
Is there another way of getting into that conversation? Is there some kind of common ground that might be there? Maybe it's not. Mm. Like maybe you've got a crazy aunt that is, you know, needing some mental health support. Absolutely. And not a sponsor. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to say is that maybe there's something else. Yeah. No, I, I think you got to, if you can navigate with the potential or the giving it not the best. Yeah. Benefit of the doubt is probably the best word. Yeah. You know, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean you've got to be looking for in all opinions or, but always just having that, like even I think the most, you know, reasonable experts leave like the really good ones, leave a little bit of room for, you know, but I may not have seen everything. Right. Uh, yeah. And they speak more in probabilities than they do in certainties. The people who are probably less aware are the ones that are certain of a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty doubtful that you can be that certain. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like the flat earthers. They don't They're say, like, if I, well, I, I think the earth may be flat. They're like, the earth is flat. Yeah. So all the lies that it's all a yeah. conspiracy. And they're really certain about it. It's like, well, I don't know, man. Like if I go back to my example of being an instructor, right? I don't know how many students I've had, hundreds. And is there an overlap where sometimes I might predict that a student might have a poor outcome in the class and there is ultimately a poor outcome in the class that might overlap? Yeah, absolutely. That happen. The difference is when I am looking for the bad outcome because I'm assuming that's going to be the case attached to a a nationality or a gender or whatever and it's when i can be aware that that's happening in my thought process so what i do like you said about the ai um i will mark papers block where i don't have a name where i don't have and all i am looking at is the information that is in front of me what is the question what is the answer and right. what is my and rubric? I, I write that rubric and I, and I, I write that rubric and ahead of time. And I apply that same rubric to all of the students in all of the classes all of the time to try to eliminate that, that cognitive process. And so now, because I'm practicing that way, the names don't matter to me anymore, except they, you know, maybe a curiosity. I haven't seen that before, or man, I have no idea how to do it. And so I might actually go to a student and say, I'm aware of my own shortcoming here. Can you help me out? I would be grateful if you could give me some advice on how do you like to be referred to and it might not even be because and it might not even be the name that's true i still can't something else yeah i find a lot of uh i'm terrible with names coming out of um china to this day i still just i don't have the skills and i'm embarrassed a lot of my students yeah but there's there's western with a thick accent they'd be like you can just call me rodney no, I can't. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's times like that that I really appreciate yes, kind of like Spanish yes, names because Spanish is, uh, um, you pronounce every letter. So there, oh. is, so there is an ease oh. to pronouncing Spanish names because if you know what the letters are, it, it's easy to pronounce because you pronounce every letter. Right. Whereas, uh, right. me, a lot Alejandro de la Espinosa. Exactly. Except if you're, from, yeah. if you're from Barcelona, then it would be Alejandro from yeah, exactly. Espinosa. 
Anyway, um, well, there's a couple uh, of cool things. Wow. Um, we should probably wrap it up. We're going to run out of power. No, we're, our power is doing power. great. Okay. Um, we're, we're about to break the barrier that we've never broken before. Which is? One hour. I thought we had broken the no, one hour. No, we've come close. No? Okay, well, we're we better about, just... We're about to... Well, shall we, shall we move on? Yes, let's do, uh, oh let's, do the, let's do the media quickly. Okay. Okay, so what media have you been consuming? She-Hulk, of course. <laughs> Finally <laughs> you watched the end of She-Hulk. She-Hulk? Absolutely. Oh, that was Absolutely. astonishingly Astonishing. bizarre. Yes, but I <laughs> loved it. Yeah. I, I, I know where we're at. Okay. I know where we're at. No, no, no. Like, if there is something that is... If there is a show... That rich, is so rich for looking at cognitive biases. Uh, cognitive biases. Watch She Hulk with, with somebody that you wouldn't typically uh, watch a uh, superhero okay. show is, with. Mm. Like the white supremacist is, that lives on the street. I, well, no, like, hey, Spike, well, no, you want to like, watch a show? No, like, seriously, we watch a lot of superhero shows in our house, totally and I am out. often totally tuned out. And I can tell you, I am the target market. In my world, it is the best In my world, it is the best show. And I know there's a huge demographic. I know there's a huge demographic. I know a lot of people. I think a lot of people liked it, and it was, I totally agree. No, I totally I totally, I totally agree. The the um, the I would say that it was the, definitely a different diff- controversial, primarily because it was speaking to a bit of a different group. It was also a different kind of genre. Yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be a legal comedy. Yeah. It was yeah. more so about right comedy. It's, yeah. it's like, a, it like it was like almost like a sitcom without a situation, exactly. right? Like there's exactly. and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, breaking yeah. the fourth wall the way yeah. they did that Some was cameos awesome. Cameos but I have to say when uh, when they show the splash of the the Disney uh the Disney interface and then she goes from one window to the oh, next. Right. That was absolutely oh, yes. Brilliant! I don't think I've ever seen Brilliant. anything like no, that. No, and then good. he starts talking to writers and say, "I don't like this. this is my show." Yeah, and then Kevin yeah. Kevin yeah. Feige is just an AI. Kevin, Kevin. Yeah. yeah, that was that was no, it was that was I, great. They're, oh, we can't yeah, talk to yeah. Kevin. I'm yeah. here to talk to Kevin. And how she changes like the plot, yeah. you know, because it, it was trending. Yeah. And Daredevil's got to come back. Yeah. yeah. Although I have but, to but say, but 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 Daredevil comes back because her he's. Sexual Her interest? Yes. Sexual interest? Oh my god. As a oh middle aged woman, as I can tell you that showing flick. up in a superhero flip. And that yeah. sets it apart. Man, that I have sets to say it apart. Though, yeah. For me, that was the one that that the the one weakness for She Hog for me for the whole thing was yeah. I did not like well, I didn't like how Wong or or Daredevil were like I, in my mind, Daredevil is like yeah. this amazing superhero, and he's super brooding and complex, and he's oh. kind of smiling and oh, wait, cheery. Wait, 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 taking a super interesting intelligence and reducing it. To a sexual interest, to a sexual interest. No, no, no. It was not the sexual interest part. It was welcome to the second hour of episode nine. 
so, so three series, three or four seasons of Daredevil. Yeah, right. He's not funny. Yeah, no, he doesn't it's laugh. Not. Yeah. He's, he's not, well, no, that's yeah, yeah. not true. Well, he's he, got a dry, he had a wry very, sense very humor. dry. Yeah. So he shows up yeah. and she's yeah. and he's 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 charming in this late light way, and he's just and I'm going like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now there's some debate whether the Netflix shows are actually canon because. Because of the multiverse, now yeah. they're saying oh, sure. you can treat yeah. those as yeah. alternate those. reality or alternate yeah. Earth, it, it's, right? It's for me, though, that I think they, the problem was the she was wasn't the She Hulk yeah, yeah. with Daredevil. It was Daredevil. That's not Daredevil. That's so, wow. it, so in who knows of, what the new Daredevil show is going to be yeah, like yeah. on Disney, sure. though, right? Yeah. Um, no, and I, you but know, I think that's a but I think that's a brilliant example, right? Like two very different but, perspectives. And, and, but for me, like, so I'm bringing all of my worldview. I'm bringing my show, my worldview of Daredevil, yeah, yeah. who is right. one of my favorite yeah, yeah. characters. Yeah. Like, in, yeah, the yeah. Netflix show was was yeah. awesome. Was, now, but it was well, dark, and it was, it was brooding, dark. and yeah, it was yeah. painful, yeah. and all this kind of stuff, and. Here yeah. he is having dinner and a dinner. like with a family in like LA. Family. I mean, he's like a so New yeah. York kind of guy. Yes. And it's just, yeah. it just that, that yeah. for me was just a little bit of uh, dissonance. It's a bit jarring. Maybe. Yeah. A bridge too far. Yeah. Yeah. The well, the same thing with, with Wong, who's like, he's being goofy and he's sitting there watching TV and all this. And it's just, it's There's just always been a bit of a goofiness to Wong. Like when he was the, when he was the librarian at Comertage. True, and uh, but, is, but wasn't he listening yeah. to Beyonce? Yeah, you know. So there's always yeah. been a little undercurrent I, 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 of or drinking his ass off with Shang-Chi. I will give you and Aquafina. Uh, I will yeah. give you that. But the but the uh, but, but Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock. Yeah. You know, maybe, now, a lot of people have been arguing that at the end of, of Daredevil, you know, things are are actually not bad. Him and Karen and and uh, Foggy starting a new law firm. Mm -hmm. And so people said, well, maybe this is like, you know, his life has actually been better, right? The Echo killed, we think, maybe Echo Kingpin, killed. although he's going to come back. Of so you know, maybe things are just good. And, and then he's in L.A., right? A lot of us change our personality a bit when we go across the country and you're like, he's on vacation. It's true. And I also think they did it just to piss off people. <laughs> it's part of the well, whole. The, the other thing. Part of the, I think your point about let's take a character and and mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. reduce the, reduce the, I don't know, maybe positive attributes or the typical attributes of, of yeah. uh, being um, yeah. capable and sort of, capable. you know, taking the lead. And let's just make that character a little bit more... Um, a second fiddle or or there may have been something to that the right that the experience that i had watching she hulk compared to literally hundreds of hours of iron man whatever the sequence was the avengers the winters i was going to call him the ice soldier like right like i've literally watched hundreds of hours of the superhero stuff it's okay i'm surprised you didn't like like ms marvel or no, Hawkeye, uh, no, but you know where, because of no, uh, but you know Elena where, but here's, uh, here's the name? difference at the end. Here's of, the difference at the end of the uh, well, there's She-Hulk, the, uh, but the well, there's she -Hulk, but also the Avengers at the end. All of the, they uh, went the all of the, uh, the female characters right. showed up. The yeah, end yeah. Of the Infinity World. War, Endgame, 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 what, yeah. Endgame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Endgame. There's two times yeah. in the Marvel, two times in the Marvel movies where I have felt like, oh my god, they're writing this right. For me, 
it was when Endgame. When Ms. Marvel showed up and all of the the Valkyries and well and also in um the uh Wakanda all of the the strong female characters that's the experience that I had watching She Hulk and it was interesting because I was sitting there in a room. And I'm full like, of men, and I'm like on the edge of my seat. Like, you go, you go, like, girl. You go, you go, girl. Like, and everybody else kind of like watching <laughs> like, their work. Oh, really? They were like, having the experience. They were having no, the experience. I enjoyed it. Watching eighty percent of the show. So there's a there's a different metric. There's a different metric. There's something else going on there. And then if you look at the credits, who has written the scripts for She Hulk? Who are, are the, the producers? Who are the directive minds behind that show? The director was show? actually in the room They're, when, like, when they walk into the writers' room. She's actually in the room. But the, the, the she's the one of the. But the the, the, the credits. Um, there's a huge um, number. There's a huge yeah, no, number. No, no, I. I and, 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 I'm and, 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 and I'm not trying to talk down the other shows. And I'm not trying to talk down the other shows. Or I'm just saying that from a feeling place, I could feel a I could feel a huge. Yeah, I, I, I thought the in that show. I thought thought it was a great ending. It it kind of saved the series. Yeah, the finale so. saved the yeah. series because it was wandering all over the place and it was unclear where it was going. Right, and it tied up a ton of loose ends and made some really interesting new ones. Um, yeah, I, I thought yeah, yeah. Ms. Marvel. Which I think, uh, I don't know if you've seen Ms. Marvel. Oh, yeah, we watched it. Mm -hmm. I thought Mm -hmm. that was a better, um, more complete story. I thought that was fascinating and totally different and spoke to a whole segment of society that's never reflected. Actually, right now, any any Marvel thing that has female leads is is getting these 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 bomb reviews before they're even released yeah so wakanda forever and there's so much in the cognitive Ah, way to bring it back lexicon of research (laughs) that i think helps to give some context some context to those thought processes Nope, no, no good stuff. Anyhow, I think we need to wrap this up. I actually had a meeting in 25 minutes. So, okay, no um, problem. And uh, no problem. so, but yeah, this has been another yeah. great episode. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Oh, Being our guest. I'm trying to convince oh, a few other people con- to come we'll, join us. Yeah. So. This will be coming out the week of the day, which is on the 20th, right? It's yes. the third Thursday of October. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, yeah. That. I don't have the answer to Okay. I don't right. have the Maybe idea. they look on the yeah. official calendar for every other organization. That's right. It's been the third Thursday. This has been going it's been on the third Thursday. Thursday. This has been going on excuse for me, like, the exact day, but it's, excuse uh, me, I don't know the exact day, but it's uh, wow. like 20 yeah. years, I think. There's been Maybe a they picked the day that day. would annoy those yeah. people so that they could then practice what they do. Yeah, no need to seek out opportunities for content. So, Mark, we will see you next week. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Do we have a theme? No, we will have. We'll one. make something up. Yep, we'll have we'll Thanks again, Paulette. Okay. Always a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Always a pleasure. Thank you both very much. <laughs>